When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply including tonight, which is a real credential tester. What is Carlton capable of in season 2023? And will the Lions bring their best away from the Gabba and really solidify their place in the top four? AFL Nation tonight under the closed roof at Marvel. It's Carlton and the Brisbane Lions. AFL Nation for Elders win the ultimate grand final weekend by opening an Elders prepayment account and for tyre power, your match day favourites for tyre safety. Jared Waitley with you. Jared Healy is with me. Hello, Jared. Jared, what a fantastic game I got ahead, and I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's one all about credentials. Uh, Brisbane, I think we've uh, we know they're going to be a finals t- team. Are they a genuine top four contender? Well, let's see how they deal with a couple of injuries. How they deal with uh, the aspirations of Carlton tonight, uh, who had a nice little hit out against the West Coast Eagles seconds last week. So they've travelled. They've made one interesting change to their lineup. Um, but beautiful, uh, what's magnificent is we've got the roof over the uh, over the ground. There's there's hail and there's rain forecast for Melbourne over the uh, next 24 to 48 hours. So hopefully we're going to well we're going to get a great dry ground and uh, hopefully a fantastic exhibition. Brad Johnson is by your side. Hello to you, Jono. Good evening, Jared and Jared and Dwayne. It's it's great to be here again. You look at, I look at the Brisbane Lions and I go, okay, round three they played the Dogs here and they couldn't score against the Bulldogs team that just locked them away at this fast deck. So what they learn from that can they can they adjust mm. that? But I go and say, okay, no Daniel Rich, no Dane Zorka. There's certain players in certain teams that are tip changes, and they're tip changes for me in terms of the way I look at the Brisbane Lions, especially Daniel Rich, who I absolutely love. And I love the way he sets them up off the back half. He's, his kicking inability is probably one of the, if not the best in the competition. And without that, I reckon it really hurts the, mm. uh, the Brisbane Lions. Dwayne Russell rounds out our quartet. How are you, Dwayne? Jared, has there been a bigger off-field week in your time in the game? It's, it's a change of direction week that we haven't really had the likes of before. A new CEO and a new team coming in in the one week. Yes, that it would happen. The, the confluence over three days was mm. remarkable. So, no, not in my time has there been a bigger week. It's been a bigger week story-wise with stuff that's happened that has been sort of disappointing story-wise. Mm. But this is almost a win-win-win, isn't it? There was a lot of people looking for Gill's replacement. We got that and... A lot of people hoping that the rubber stamp we've put on the 9th team and we got that. And it seems like it's all positive news, which is great to have a, a week of positivity out of footy because we do sometimes spend a bit of time on the half-empty part of the glass. Okay. All right, so Carlton play these six games that we all think will reveal who they are. Three of them are on Friday night, so we're going we're gonna to document it. We're all playing Jared's game here, so you have to pick a starting position. Is Carlton's house made of straw, sticks, or bricks? And each time we gather for our Friday night, you'll get to reassess. Yep. I'm going to document it now. Jono, is Carlton's house right now made of straw, sticks, or bricks, in your opinion? Sticks for me at the moment. Wayne? I'll go bricks. I reckon they'll lay the first one tonight. You have to play your own game here, Jared. You're the master of making everyone else do it. Well, it is the test of the big bad wolf over the next uh, five mm. or six weeks. I think there's going to be a fair bit of huffing and puffing uh, by Ooh. Brisbane. And I think at the end of uh, this week, if we can say they're sticks, then I'll be happy. Okay, so we put you down for sticks now. Yeah. Just hoping like hell by the sounds of your voice, it's not straw then, Jared. It's, you're, you're oh, I don't think it's, it's straw. straw. I, I'd be confident it's not straw, but uh, it's, you know, I'm hoping it goes from sticks to bricks over the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. But so, at this stage, it's so. impossible to tell. So you won't call it a brick if they win the night? You'll just stay on the sticks? Oh, I think it's a five-week five test. Yeah, I mean, I the big bad wolf doesn't give up after one go. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a brick ahead of you if you jump on bricks <laughs> next week. <laughs> You'll be going to your double story by the end of it. <laughs> End of the five weeks, potentially. You could be called a brickyard, won't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, come down. If, 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 if I supporters, if you don't <laughs> yeah, jump on. That's true. I'm going to join you with bricks. Are you? Yeah. For yeah. what I'm reason? I'm still holding a candle for Carl. Yeah, there's something about the what they've got as an upside. I mean, their forward line, I mean, if they can get that third forward, that's the key. I mean, they're not going to beat up on the lines tonight like they beat up on the West Coast last week. But 
Oh, sometimes you're only one good week away from being back in form. And mm. there's been a few teams like that this year. Port Adelaide beaten in the showdown. It was doom and gloom. And then they got one great win. And they were sort of won their way back into form. I think there's been... Your Bulldogs is, were in a hole as well, Jono. Mm. And they got that win they desperately needed. So maybe maybe tonight's the night. But maybe I'm too optimistic. What are they? What do you need to see in them? I mean, clearly they need to win their set of games. I, is it a four-two split across the six? Or so for me, it's much more about how they play. They'll well, need to get their points to make sure that they're in the running. But I, they need to play that style that suits them more than they had been prior to the West Coast game. Jared, this time last year and even later in the season, Carlton had played three or four of the best games of footy of any of the clubs. And I looked at them all through the year and I thought, gee, this this club, there is no ceiling on where this club can go in 2022. And yet they didn't make the eight. So that's why I think there's still a question mark. And, and I'm with you. What we need to see is that sort of footy again. Because they play that sort of footy, the results will look after themselves. They'll get there four and two. They may even get more than that. But they, they've got their... You know, a fair share of their runners back. They've got some guys in the middle playing well. They're really Charlie Kern. Oh, sorry, uh, Harry Mackay is the is the missing link at this stage. He's just got to come back and start, you know, kicking threes and kicking fours and and not missing goals. But uh, very much, I think it's the way they play, and the the result will look after itself. For those unaware, it's it's Brisbane, then it goes Collingwood, Sydney, Melbourne, Essendon, and then the Gold Coast Suns. So that's why this this next period, Jared, it's a, Jared, it's a great way to be able to assess. Carlton in a realistic fashion because their wins in the last four have been against the North Melbourne and West Coast and their losses are Adelaide who they couldn't score against uh, and, and St Kilda as well. So, and you, and it's the way I think when I look back over these, the last four weeks, it was the Adelaide loss, which was the, which was the one, the way Adelaide just got them early through the midfield keys mm. on side, big matchup that they let, that they let slip. Um, it's, it's things like that, that, that they've, um, that they've really failed in as a as a club, I think, over the over the last four weeks, and that's what we're looking to see turn around. And and they're they're big games. They're, they're, these are massive games, especially the next four are huge for the Carlton Footy Club. Yeah, no, it'd be just interesting to see how they play because I think they played with a bit more speed last week than they did the week before, and I reckon Michael Voss would have taken on board that they were awfully close two weeks ago, but they didn't get the job done. And uh, I think they need to play a little bit with a little bit more speed, like having Hawkins and Cameron in the forward line. Why would you go slow into that uh, into those two? Get it in there. You don't want Harry Mackay getting the ball on the wing. You want Harry getting it, uh, you know, within forty metres of goal. I like the idea of Harry coming up and getting one every fifteen, mm. just to keep the back line guessing as to what he's going to do. I mean, Jeremy Cameron, you just don't know where he's going to play. Mm. So that's the almost the beauty of Jeremy Cameron is who do you put on him because you don't know. I mean, if we just have Charlie out of the square or just have Mackay inside 50 camp there the whole night, I know it's probably going to help Carlton's predictability to their own players, but I think it's going to help the Lions' predictability to stop them. Well, I think Harry's been fine up the ground, yeah. but he's not doing the damage closer to the, go- the goal. So... I mean, if you take a, a, a leaf out of uh, Jeremy Cameron's book, that would be fantastic. But uh, He's I mean, not Jeremy Cameron. He's an elite runner, yeah. and mm-hmm. he can get up and back. But uh, uh, it'll unfold over the next six weeks, Jared. It's going to be really exciting to see how it happens. It's why I think tonight is so important, because they can pretend that it's not mm. six weeks that's going to reveal it or not, but it is. Mm. And what are we talking about? Momentum and negative momentum. If they did lose tonight, mm. and, and I'm not saying it would be a terrible loss, because I think the Lions are really high end... Mm. But they're going to be engulfed in that conversation. Mm. Also, what are you worth? And you go to the next test. And I just think the trials can get bigger and bigger. Whereas if you can get the win out of the gates and look good doing it, yep. you might be able to ride that through a few games. This is the oh, September They could belief. get engulfed by the negativity mm. if they're no good tonight. Yes. And the opposite is true. Exactly right. But the opposite as well is that this for me is their September belief. Because if they perform and get the wins that, they would be expecting internally against some tough competition here. All of a sudden, back part of the year, they'll get the wins required to play finals. I think the Blues, if they if, if they're successful in this period of the of the draw, but then it's the belief that comes from that to go. Yeah, we're realistic here in our now our assessment of where we sit in the competition, but also who we will play in September potentially, and that we are confident that we can actually take strides to beat them. It reminds me of a game we did uh, on a Friday night about this time last yeah. year, Geelong versus the Bulldogs. Yep. And we all came here wanting to work out whether the Bulldogs were genuine premiership contenders. 
We weren't even considering Geelong at that stage. <laughs> and yet Geelong gave them a spanking and uh, went on to win 16 in a row, I think it was, and, and win the flag. So I think the same applies of Brisbane tonight. Top four, let's find out whether they're genuine top four tonight because they win tonight if they're genuine top four. Even with two outs, they've got a really good side. They've got a you know very deep midfield. And let's just see how they cope with the expectation away from Brisbane, as you said, but on a nice dry ground that they play on a, on a regular basis. It's, there's no excuses for Brisbane tonight, and uh, their key players are under the microscope. Yeah, I, that's that, the classic credential tester on both sides. Is to, I feel like so are the Lions in the premiership conversation? Mm. I, they're definitely in the top four conversation. They've already shown that to us with their wins at the Gabba. Mm. But you've got to be able to ping off these games in Melbourne if you're really in the premiership window. That's right, and, that, and they're, they're different conversations. You can say, yeah, they can be a top four time side, but are they? A genuine the premiership side. And I haven't seen it yet from, from Brisbane in terms of having nailed that in my own mind yet. Yes, the top four aspect of things, they should win enough games to, to get themselves in that in that position. But if I sort of then go, okay, well, if they finish fourth and they play a final outside of Brisbane first up, will they win that first final? And that's a big question that I think they would love to answer themselves in terms of what they can produce. And there's no better time to do it than... Uh, than tonight as they you know play away from home in a big game against a club that's desperate against I, them. I reckon all the premiers at some stage in the season they win the premiership uh, show a lethal edge. And the last time Brisbane showed a lethal edge was when they just m- m- massacred Melbourne in the second half at the MCG in the second semi-final last year. Mm. And Jared Berry's game was the best game or best half of footy I've ever seen him play. He was he was ruthless uh, up against. Uh, Cameron Oliver, um, Clayton Oliver, Clayton Oliver, and that's the sort of stuff you want to see tonight, Dwayne. You, you want to see this ruthless edge. And okay, Carlton are coming, and uh, there's a big challenge for them. But if they are genuinely Premiership bound, there's going to be some signs tonight of how ruthless they are. So, do you like what they've done at selection, Carlton, and dip, drop Zach Fisher and, and maybe a little bit more selection integrity, if you like, at this stage? Well, or is he going sure to be the sub anyway? Is he going to be the sub anyway? And we're going through this whole sub charade, which Richmond kind of went through with Noah Cumberland, and yet he's back in today after being named as an emergency, and we thought he was dropped, and he was probably going to be sub, and Damien Harwick <laughs> wanted to keep the advantage of the um, the tactical sub up his sleeve, didn't tell anybody, and then he comes back in today because there's a laid out. Yes, it's oh. very convoluted the way we've set this up. <laughs> know, it is, isn't it? We've spoken so, about so, this before. Yeah, so the bottom line is, is Zach Fisher the sub anyway? Well, I assume he is. Yeah, but, okay. but was he named? He well, wasn't Matthew even Kennedy, named in the no. emergency, yeah, was he? Yeah, he was no, named he as a, Matthew Kennedy's in there too, though. He is. And he's a very good player as well as a, as a pinch hitter into the midfield if you need him. Yeah, definitely. What was he dropped? Zach Fisher. Yeah. Well, his numbers obviously were Well, his numbers last week were 21 disposals. Yeah, it was West Coast, I suppose. It was. West he, kicked three, he kicked three points. But there's obviously more that, that we're not seeing from a statistical mm. point of view and, and mm. visually seeing him on the positive side yeah. of things of what... But he's not doing. But we're speculating. So internally, they might just think, well, he's a little sore. We don't want to drop him. We do want to use him. So let's actually name him as the sub this week and we'll use him as the spark guy to come to on. point. Why go through the whole omission, the discussion around Zach Fisher's Because you want to omission. keep him as a surprise. He can name, and we've had this discussion, Jared and I, over and over before. So the rule will be changed at the end of the year. I, gu- I guarantee Jared's idea or the idea of just naming your 23, including the sub at selection will come in as a rule next year. So we'll hear it on Thursday night. But right now, it is the AFL is leaving it up to the coach. You can nominate him if you want. But if you don't want to, if you wanted to use it as a tactical sub to keep it up your sleeve, well, name him an hour before. It's your choice. But you have to cope with the fallout of people speculating as to whether he's dropped or not. Yep. The other aspect of tonight, so both Charlies are here tonight. So Charlie Cameron went seven goals. Charlie Kerno went nine goals. It's Charles the Thursday night, tomorrow night. How many goals do our Charlies need to produce to be a better show? I suspect for us four, it's a low bar, but let's just say for for others who better enjoy show the Royal. In, you really? I'm not really up for tomorrow night. Okay. Well, what, maybe Charlie Dixon could be the Charlie. He's up tomorrow. No, Sunday, is he? Yeah. Well, you named it. You coronated in, Dwayne. <laughs> How many goals from our Charlies tonight, Jared? Four. I'm hoping for nine. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's what I'm hoping for. Eight and, and one, I'll or tell you what, what would you like? What would King you like? Eight and one? Doesn't worry me, whatever the division, but I, I want to challenge you for King Charlie. Yes. He's going to have to produce something special at the coronation to, uh, to knock off nine between them. Anyone want to go higher than nine? 
No, I'm not going high. Then I think this will be more Dow than we than we think. I think the way I think Carlton will look back at the way the Bulldogs played the Brisbane Lions here, and it was just a struggle. It was a fight. It was a real scrap. And as much as I want to see nine or ten from the two Charlies, mm. I'm not sure we'll we'll get that in terms of um, even ten goals from each team potentially throughout. Gee. The night it could okay. be a real Dow fight, oh, well, that's a and if isn't it? and if and if Carlton, oh no, and I don't I think, don't think that suits Carlton. No, for I, it's worth. yeah, but if they want to, they're talking about they've got their midfield identity back, and you know, around the ball is looking better. Around the ball needs a serious approach to toughness at the contest, which they are. So it's 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 more over four quarters is what I'm saying here in terms of just make it a real fight in there. It's going to get don't a nice it, test out. Don't, Neil Dunkley, that's, Bailey, that's McCluggage, Ashcroft. Exactly why I'm saying it. it's going to be it's going to be tough at times. But well, you, you're can the they list. really stand up to it? And I'm, attack, I'm an attacking guy. I'm not a I'm not a guy that wants to no. see 10 goals total for a game. You're the list king on Sports Day now. You put your list together you too. So, Jono, <laughs> who is your most untouchable when hot list player? Because Ooh. Charlie Cameron's in there. Toby Green's in there. Dustin Martin used to be number one. He was untouchable when hot. You couldn't mm. stop him. Charlie Curnow's in there. When they're hot, it's almost impossible to stop them. Mm. Well, it is, it is. And West Coast found that last week with, with Charlie, didn't they? But yep. this is a different scenario tonight for Charlie Curnow. If he, if he gets a six against the Brisbane Lions, that, that weighs so much more in my mind than what nine does last week against the West Coast yeah. Eagles. So if he can jag himself five or six tonight, look out for uh, for his performance to be rated exceptionally high after this weekend. All right, that's the setup for tonight. We're going to touch base with both teams, including Josh Dunkley is going to join us during the warm-up from the Lions. So uh, there's plenty to work through on that front. It's been a remarkable week. Uh, tomorrow's cars available today, a selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful fuel-efficient diesel all-wheel drive models are in stock, ready to drive away. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. How have you found the week, Jared? I, th- I found it up- uplifting, to yeah. be honest. I um, I was really pleased uh, at the the nomination for Andrew Dillon to to get the job. I was hoping it'd be either him or, or Brendan Gale, and and it was. So I was pleased for him. I think he's done a lot of hard yards, and uh, the feedback just coming on text machines from uh, close pe- close friends of of Andrews uh, from his from his past in various um, I guess. Uh, roles that he's played in football was, was overwhelming. I mean, he's a, he's a decent guy. He's got the love of the game at heart and he's a very smart man. He's a, I mean, I don't think we realise just how clever these guys are at the top of the tree. And uh, it's clear. I mean, he's, he's not, he hasn't got the, the same uh, oratory skills as Gillen and I, I don't think anybody should hold him to that. But uh, he's got a lot of talent and he's got the full respect, I think, of the competition. It was amazing just at Clubland uh, from the couple of clubs that uh, I spoke to um, and, and a, few, a fair few others across the journey, just how much they were hoping that it was uh, Andrew Dillon. I couldn't agree more. I, I think it was great, a great appointment, the right appointment as well. And he, he's done the yards, and I, I think that's something that should be rewarded in terms of those positions that, that uh, those gentlemen have been in for, for some time. And it's, it's great. I suppose now my mind goes to, okay, so what happens next? when Ant, So what's the process now with Andrew Dillon? Because if Kylie Rogers wants to be a, the CEO of the AFL, is there a role internally where she shifts now to do that, or if it's a Kylie Watson Wheeler, for example, if they are looking down that path of the the very best next person, and it is it is uh, one of the female stars out there, what that looks like in terms of what flows out under you could say um, the same Andrew about Dillon, Tom Harley as well. I mean, he's at the well, right yeah, age right. to secede or to uh, to take the job over from an Andrew Dillon. Maybe Brendan Gale is not quite there, but. I mean, the other thing that was so uh, uplifting was Tasmania. I mean, I don't think that uh, could have gone any better for the AFL if they had planned it. And it's been in the planning for a long, long time. Oh, it has. And I'm wrapped that the announcement, uh, you know, was, was produced this week. I think the timing of both actually was, mm. was, was pretty good. And now you've got, you know, Tasmania who... The excitement around it, Jared, and now we start the build, and that's yep. that's the best part about this because everyone's saying we've learned so much about, or the AFL as a whole have learned so much about GWS and Gold Coast. Well, well how much have we learned now? That's that becomes the big question because the Tassie, I think, part of the expectation will be like what the Dolphins have done in the NRL that they will hit the ground running and and could be quite successful from the outset. Well, the Dolphins were put together in eighteen months, so it's, this is a massive. I mean, you can't be talking about players five years out. What have we ha- what have we learnt though, Jono, from the Giants and from the Gold Coast? 
I mean, people. I, hear, I keep hearing people say that, but what have we actually learned? Mm. Well, it's a it's a good question, and it's it's one I when you when I look back and I go, okay, well, what did we learn? They they both did it so differently. I think in terms of their list list approach. Yeah. So where where does that where does that fall from? Seems, uh, sounds to me like the list build that they're talking about is going to be awfully like what the Gold Coast did through. The, what developing well, youngsters going, and trying to get some really solid players at the top end, and and then you get the, your kids at the bottom end. Well, that's what they did, but it was you know you could argue that they didn't get the heavy hitters, but they got Gary Ablett. They got the best player in the game, mm. and it uh, you know yeah, I, but that, I, that was so that was so positive for Gold Coast at that particular point. Once Gary announced that, the buzz around that from yeah. the Gold Coast entering the competition was was brilliant. It was huge. So I think it was the right decision. To do that, I think Tassie needs something but similar. But that's my point, Jeno, as well. But it's being discussed as if it was an abject failure. But no, you know, it wasn't. they had they had a build going where they, in about their fourth or fifth year, they should have played finals. Yeah, but if Gary didn't do his shoulder, I think they would have. Okay, so what's happened since there? It wasn't the list build that was the problem. It's what happened four or five years yeah. after the an, inaugural list build. Now, as against the Giants, went super young, but they got to a grand final. So. You know, w- w- yeah, but they, were, they weren't competitive in their first two years. That, no, they, they were ugly. smashed yeah. Yeah. in their yeah. first you two years. You wouldn't want to do that again. No, and no. I think the other thing is facilities were bad on the Gold Coast when they got there. Yeah. They'll fix that. They'll have great facilities in Tassie. Mm. And there weren't crowds and they weren't winning. So, I mean, you give a player crowd and wins. Mm. The retention of players world. too, Dwayne, yeah. is, the, is the key to yeah, all of this. Yeah, that's why a lot of people... I mean, you know, just you could, you could rattle off a list of 15 that well, if you, they were still if there, you, they'd you be great. You put Gold Coast team... Together now with yeah. some of the names. Tom Lynch, Stephen May. Oh, yeah, it's no. it's huge, Prestia, and same with same with GWS yeah. who have lost absolute stars. And I think with Tassie, you can't do it. If a player falls in love with Jared Waitley on day one, Jared Waitley can't be leaving in in three years' time. I think that'll chip away at the fabric of Tassie football because they will love their stars. They will really love their stars. Do you think the AFL will get spooked and take away whatever benefits they give them, like they did to the Giants uh, after three years? When the Giants had the Riverina, and that was there forevermore, mm. and yet uh, they won half a dozen games, and all of a sudden it's gone. The, the Melbourne Mafia got spooked and uh, <laughs> ripped it out of them. I mean, it was a, it was the most gutless decision by the commission of all time. I mean, it, it should have happened over a period of time, uh, and it shouldn't have been all of them. Mm. That that place was set up with that being a parameter, that being a guarantee, and yet, uh, gee, you know, what's a guarantee worth? If well, it's gone three years later, and it was, you're right. It, it, in hindsight, now you look back and go, "Why was that decision made to to not well, allow them to have that, have that era? That they were going to win ten, ten flags in a row. There was the Herald Sun, seriously, front pager with uh, ten Premiership cups. I think uh, five cups on a plate. <laughs> that's right. I think I think Matty Rendell was the one who, who went with it uh, earliest and and loudest. But uh, there was also a Victoria football crisis. That's right. Article or two at one stage. How many years ago was that? Was that 20 or were you and I working? Was it only 14 or 15 years ago? There was oh, this big splash. I'm not sure was that long Victorian ago. football in crisis. Yeah. Demetrio was still the chief executive. I mm. might have done that story. You might have done it. <laughs> yeah. your fault then. I got those quotes from Demetrio. <laughs> there you go. So you remember the story. Yeah. Did you put a bit of mayo on there? No, no. Okay. Was, Victoria footy was yeah. in crisis, was yeah, it? There were, there were weeks there where <laughs> couldn't win a game and they were nowhere to be seen and all the attention that was being paid elsewhere. Anyway, mm. they weren't my quotes. But so uh, do you think Tazzy will work because they'll get crowds and they'll, yeah. they'll, so they'll I, get wins? I think this owes much more to West Coast and Adelaide than it does to the Suns. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good way of looking at it, Jared. And if not those two, because mm. they had different aspects of origin, then certainly Port Adelaide and Fremantle. Mm. Yeah, Adelaide mm. had the advantage of keeping some players at home. They had the retention yeah. allowance where if you stayed home and didn't go into the draft the year prior, yeah. you got a little kicker. So we should expect around. a reasonable membership base to start things, kick things off from, well, so from a Tassie the, perspective. You would hope so. Yeah. So Tassie got people to commit and 91,000 people signed. Is you need to now follow through. Mm-hmm. If you sign to get the team, there's an expectation, I would hope, in 2028 that you're buying a membership. Even um, prior to that. Wait, what stage do you think they, yeah, so they start really to set that up? Yeah, yeah as, and that's why they do need quickly a, a chairman, a board, and then you know a chief executive probably earlier than some people Well, the chairman's think. almost done, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> this is the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles Trade, providing specialist advice for tilers. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and Repco Authorised Service. 
Friday night footy under the closed roof at Marvel. Carlton against the Brisbane Lions. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Jared Waitley and Dwayne Russell to call it for you. Jared Healy's alongside Brad Johnson. We're going to touch base with both teams in half an hour's time. We're deep in discussion around the events of the week. Uh, the advent of Tasmania, all eyes to 2028 from the men's perspective. And how to build a team. So we've had all sorts of iterations. That My favourite one has been reliving some of what happened with the Brisbane Bears, yep. which clearly belonged to an era. For crunch time tomorrow, I've been given the list of the three players from each team. And you mentioned uh, yeah. Dr. Aitken, who <laughs> features prominently on that you list. you got Warsey's comment from today to throw up yep. for that list because... Yep. He wasn't all that complimentary of some of the experienced players, was he, today? No, no. So there were 36 players who were put into a draft yep. and the lo- and the Bears could take, and they what, ended up taking eight. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a whole a bunch of them were retired. Yeah. Sort of hadn't been declared. <laughs> one, some one, of them were injured. One was in London. Declared. <laughs> With the stethoscope on. <laughs> yes. So we've sort of had that. Yeah. Then we've had the warehousing of state players at Western Australia and South Australia for the advent of the Eagles mm-hmm. and the Crows. I suspect we need to go back to Fremantle and Port Adelaide and yep. examine how that those lists were built. And then we had the heavy prioritisation of the draft, which created very, very young lists at the Giants and the Suns. And it impacted badly. The Giants in particular impacted badly on the integrity of the competition because they were they were a junior side. And it was difficult commentating because you, you wanted to be positive about those kids, but they're 20 goals down on the scoreboard. So... You know, then then we had uh, with the Gold Coast, we had the experiment with um, the rugby league player whose last name was Carmichael Hunt. Hunt. Who was it? Carmichael, Carmichael Hunt and um, and the Giants. Uh, Who would they take? Israel Folau. Israel Folau. I mean, that was I thought that was in some ways clever marketing and and uh, opportunistic, but it they weren't good enough. At, you know, it didn't follow on to, to anything, which uh, meant it was probably seen as a negative. But uh, at the time, it, gee, it's got some publicity. Don't think Tassie's going to need that. No, no. So they need. <laughs> no, this is pure football. Yeah, this they is, need this to is build a credible list. Football. Yep. And then it's what advantages are you going to give them in their capacity to be able to recruit? So I think the so Patrick Dangerfield's idea of one player from each side is they are able to get without having to trade or. They don't, or contract status doesn't mm. play any role. I suspect what will happen is they're going to be given a set of picks that they are obliged to trade to facilitate yep. that. So whatever they get is of, if you've got six of the top ten, three of them must be traded. Mm. And so you'll be able to sort of go, well, what can we get for pick two and what yep. can we get for pick five while we take one, three, and six <laughs> out of the 18-year-old pool? In an ideal world... How many years would you would you think it's reasonable for them to not play finals, or, or how many years would it be reasonable for them to need to build to play finals? I think the first, I think the first three years, you want to land somewhere between six and twelve wins, and be getting, and then mm. year four really make an assault on it. That, if I was having, if you just, I'd have a stab at that. Yeah, I mean, you don't. I don't. I don't I mean, it'd be fantastic if somebody came out and won it in their first year, but I don't think it'd be as cherished if you if you won it in the first year. It'd be almost too much of a, a give me, and I don't think it'll happen either anyway. But there is a balance to be struck by how competitive you are early and how much you have to build and let those kids come through and take you to wherever the promised land is. And uh, who who won? The Eagles won one after about seven years. Is yep. that right? Yeah. And the Crows yep. they would have taken about the same time. Well, yeah, yeah ninety-seven, one, ninety-eight. Yeah, one, the two. double. Against, yeah, exactly. So uh, when, when you look at the list build, is there parameters around them getting some talent a couple of years out from being in the competition? Well, I, and it's I, where my yeah. mind goes, only because you get a couple of years where you can have them at least in and around, but they still might play state-level football or play at... And it mightn't be ideal for the for the young fellow that's that's drafted to, to the no, club. But but you don't have to be the 18-year-old. So this is... The no. 17-year-olds of the Giants worked today. Yeah, that yeah. included Toby Green and yeah. Jeremy Cameron. and So that worked. Just yeah. grab them the year before they go into the draft. They're already part of it. They play in the VFL team on the way through. Gold and Coast they did the create same. create your culture. Mm. Yeah. Gold Coast did the same. But uh, the Giants just didn't have enough senior talent to sort of... You know, make the game uh, competitive, and uh, it's it's tough yards for the kids if they're coming out and getting smacked by ten goals, twelve goals every week. Mm. It's hard work, so the balance has got to be struck. Gold Coast got it 
better early in the piece, but uh, end up didn't ending ended up not having the same quality of youngster stick around. See, the Bulldogs. I remember having these conversations with Jared Harbrow and Callum Ward at the time. We lost both players to to both clubs yeah. that were that were new into the competition, and for different reasons. But I, I look back at Callum Ward and I go, well, now you assess his career because he's coming towards the end of it. It was the best thing for him as a player to go and be the co-captain of. GWS, the leadership aspect of thing was something not even on the radar at, at the Western Bulldogs. And all of a sudden, he had to grow up and become a leader of a, of a new club. And for him, I think it was the best thing in terms of what he was able to produce. He was always going to be tough and, and, and uncompromising with the way that he played. But for, as a person, in terms of leading, I think it was, it was great. To, as tough as it was to lose Callum Ward at the Bulldogs, it was the best thing for him. It'll, look, if we take a line through what happened with the Dolphins, they've been quite successful, but, gee, they, they're actually outperforming what most people thought based on their list build. They had they went after every star available, yep. mm. and they didn't land any, and yet they've been able to sort of mesh together a number of uh, you know serious defensive players, from what I can understand. Is that also because they got the second-best coach in the comp? Well, that may well be the issue as well, Dwayne, but uh, whatever he's done... Bennett, he's, he's got to, particularly the three Melbourne Storm guys that they picked up, they've been able to be a super success no matter whether they, don't win, whether they win another game but or not. Do they not. go if it's a first-time coach? Do they go because, OK, I want to play under Wayne Bennett. So that's even more of a reason to go. If you get a really good coach, one, it's going to be great for the kids because you've got a good coach, but one, it's also it's going to be good for recruiting. Not, not for the superstar, but for the next tier down. And that's, that's exactly why if, if, I'm, if a club's coming to me and I'm not the star, but I'm, I'm in that mix of just underneath mm. and they go, okay, well, you can come and be coached by Chris Scott. Mm. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I could seriously look at that. But if you're the superstar, I think that's a little bit of a, mm. a different conversation in terms of what, what coach is there. Uh, but it, I think it'll play a huge factor if they get the right person in that seat. If you've got 18 in the guise of Phil Davis and Callum Ward, that, if you've got one from each team mm -hmm. in that model, yes. that'd be a good starting point. And then add the best 18-year-olds and then see if you could ping off one or two really high end. But mm. if you, that, that's the part of the Giants model that absolutely worked and the fact that they're both still playing. Well, if you've got 18 of the names you just said, you're playing finals. And the kids are working to get them. They're not guaranteed games. They're working to get into the team. And, and you, ultimately, you want them to be working to get into the team. And do they get exclusive rights to all Tasmanian players one year prior to? So if you're a 16-year-old, and even though you're not draftable at the end of next year because you're turning 17 only, but you can actually play for the Tasmanian team as a one-year-under player if you're good enough during the course of that year before you're normally draftable as an 18-year-old. Yeah, I think that's your 17-year-old catchment. Yep. So I, I, there'll, there'll be a point where I don't think you can stop the 18-year-old from entering the draft and getting selected before you can be mm. selected by Tasmania, yep. but you would fence off everybody else. Yep. And your question, Jared, is mm. how long? I think for eternity. I think Tassie will be fenced off forever. Mm. Um, and if they're able to re-establish what they need in their kids' footy and and create the pathway through that gets the next generation of Bulldog and Hudson. I expect they'll all play for Tasmania. Well, you hope so, because, I mean, we cut this to the bone. It's great that uh, we've got a Tasmanian team in, but what we're really hoping for is for a rebirth of football down there. So we're, we're, we're building the pool, and uh, we're going back to the 60s and 70s where some of the greatest players of them all uh, emanated out of Tasmania. And, you know, we need to... Double the ratio, probably, of um, what, what are we talking, population around 500,000, um, which was always Alan Jeans's uh, model. You needed 500,000 people to uh, establish a team. Well, you'd, you'd like to double the, the average output of 500,000 on, uh, on the average because of this fantastic incentive that the, uh, the, the Devils are going to provide. The pathway's huge. Like, representing Tasmania now at under-16 and under-18 level will be something, I think... They'll talk about it the way we used to talk about representing yeah, our so states year at, olds junior, are talking about at junior it now. level. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. it's because now there's a genuine pathway to the to the top level that may have been overlooked, mm. not getting over to the to so the those mainland or going into state. Now that state. are playing basketball down there or playing soccer down there, and now Hangham is actually an AFL team, and it's it's male and female. Mm. That's right. Old, it's both. It's, well. it's both. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And there, there was even talk that the that the AFLW team may come in earlier. Um, depending on the way that things are things are set up. What's their father-son rule going to look like, Jared? 
Uh, so I read the piece in The Age, which hasn't been disputed, that any Tasmanian player, so that would fall under origin, who'd played 100 games, that son will be able to choose either the club of their father or Tasmania. Okay. So Jack Rewalt's kids, for example, could, would have the choice of Richmond or Tasmania. Yep. So yep. this is the Mark Murphy example, isn't it? Where mm. he could have chosen Brisbane, Brisbane. or Carlton. Yep. Yep. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And then you... And which which I love. I, I think that's 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 perfect. I, yeah, the Sydney Swans at the moment, I think they've got five five players in their lineup that are from the academy, from their from their own yep. academy. So that's what I think we and need. And one to, from the Giants yeah, academy. Yes, they have too. Yeah, in they have. Cunningham. Yeah. Yep. So we need we need to get to that. I think with with Tassie, where they've got their five or six regulars in their in their team year in year out that are that have flown through this academy process that we're all talking about. Um, they get that right, and those couple of players enter initially, and then each year you're adding maybe one to it, two to it. Two, to, two would be unbelievable. If they get one a year from their academy, they, mm. they're doing something right. They're doing something really right. And, and we can't question that. I know we question the Swans Academy and the players that entered and, it's, and all those things that come with it. We can't do that again because yeah. it's such a small percentage, and it just it rates so highly in the state that they're currently in. In the generation's time in Tasmania, it shouldn't be one. Mm. It should be a lot like more. It, it should it's be. Well, it, if it's it one. should be a really significant Yeah, but you number. look at... Yeah, I, I get that, but the population and... I think if you can get one a year from a Tassie Academy, you, you're absolutely doing something right. Yeah, but I think if you're getting one out of Sydney and what footy is in Tasmania mm. versus what footy is, if you set it up right... And for the 12-year-olds, I'll give you the six-year-olds who will never play anything other than footy now. Yeah. That they will so they'll have a ball in their hand. And they'll go all the yeah. way through. I like the idea of that. That should be mm. a reinforcing... Yeah. So Oz kick kicks this year already. Oz kick already, you think, will kick in the next it couple should, of months? I would, if, if it's as powerful on the, on the island as we're being told it is mm. from afar, mm. I would think that is absolutely the impact of it. That you will get, you'll get this huge catchment that hasn't been there for generations because footy's been allowed to dwindle. It's been interesting. Uh, just the focus on Tassie has seemed to have refocused a lot of minds on what's happening in Western Sydney yeah. and what's happening between Newcastle and uh, Wollongong, where well, you know, half the population yeah. lives. Yeah, because that's not a short conversation. It's no. one that you know extremely well. There's also been the Bryce Gibbs example where his father played, I think, 300 Sandful games and he was um, talked about as being a father-son option. So how many TFL games? Will they actually bring in a parameter if your father's played in the local league for a number of years? Yeah, I yep, I think they'll be given every, advan- every mm. chance to farm the local talent. Imaginable. Anybody who's flown over Tassie, if you've been to Mona, your kids are eligible. <laughs> this is the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles Trade, providing specialist advice for tilers. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture, and Repco authorised service. Friday night footy to begin round eight under the roof at Marvel. It'll be Carlton and the Brisbane Lions. AFL Nation is for elders, for Australian agriculture and for tyre power, your match day favourites for tyre safety. Jared Healy's about to... It, it, it sort of reminded people of the, the battles in New South Wales, did. which you mount every week. It's a, a constant... No, I've given up, Jared, I must admit. Uh, <laughs> it's it's falls on deaf ears, but I did have a long chat to Richard Collis during the week, who's who really uh, is the sounding board for any of uh, this sort of stuff. And he just continues to make the point that uh, so many of Australia's population uh, live between Wollongong and uh, Newcastle. And, uh, OK, we got Heaney. Uh, and when I say we, I'm talking about as a code. You get, you get Heaney and uh, you get Mills over a two-year period. So there's this view that uh, it's, you know, it's so productive. But ask yourself how many players have been produced over a 30-year period, you know, from the New South Wales, state of New South Wales. And, you know, Lenny Hayes is one of the greats uh, of the game. He's come out of uh, Western Sydney. But just the numbers, they don't add up for uh, what we're supposedly spending up there. And um, there was a there was an article, I think, done uh, in The Australian about uh, 12 months ago that rated Australian rules football as the number 23rd sport from a support level in Western Sydney. So, you know, there's a hell of a long way to go. And even Dave Matthews, uh, you know, openly and honestly and courageously said uh, there two weeks ago in a column that he thought he knew, and he was number three or four at the AFL at one stage, he thought he knew all about the the atmosphere and the uh, environment up in Sydney. 
until he lived there. And now he's been there for over a decade and uh, he understands the challenge that uh, is confronting the, the game. So Tassie's fantastic, and, uh, but we're, we're actually preaching to our own. The, 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 the main challenge still remains north of the uh, Murray. And you're firmly of the view that something has to be reinstituted, particularly for the Suns and the Giants. Yeah, I, I think that there needs to be some sort of incentive for those people that are there. They're a developing club and they're in developing states. And in particular, the, the Giants, it's, you know, it's hard yards. They're, out, they're in the wasteland uh, at this stage. And, you know, there was some... I think it's great when they get into Canberra because there's good crowds there. That club needs to reboot itself. I mean, the chairman said as much. Uh, it's been off Broadway for two or three years with COVID, and it, it needs a rebooting so we can get some crowds in there because no one wants to play at empty stadium, and it doesn't have to be a hundred thousand the MCG. A full stadium's a full stadium. The atmosphere is not much different if you've got a packed house at twenty-five, or you've got a packed house at forty, fifty, or a hundred. It's just electric. I witnessed it in the prelim. When the Bulldogs played them, played yep. the Giants yep. at their home ground, yep. and it was unbelievable. Twenty-five thousand people, and it was it was buzzing. It was it was intense, and it was it was game on. So I was really pleased when Andrew Dillon uh, said when we interviewed him straight after he was anoint, uh, appointed that one of his first things was to go up and sit down with uh, Tom Harley and uh, Dave Matthews and uh, the the chairman of both clubs and. You know, see where things need to go right and where they need to go, uh, need to change. Did you make any progress? Did you feel on the seven twenty start on Friday nights? I didn't, to be honest. I Did put you feel it. Like you got a hearing at all? I got a hearing. Yep. We uh, Andrew immediately, you know, put their hand up and said, "Well, the ratings are good. Well, they're always going to be good, uh, and the crowds are good. Well, if you put Collingwood and Carlton up against each other, uh, well, you're going to get a pretty fair crowd." Yeah, but come uh, on, Jared. Jared got him to commit to a day grand final. Surely, you, Friday night's your portfolio. That's up to you. Well, we're going in. Uh, we, you know, we're co- we're collecting our victories together. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team <laughs> event. We're, <circling. All> right. <laughs> we're, we're triangulated our attack. I, I just, can't, I just, I mean, the money is so vast that I can't believe that they're still pandering to Channel 7 for a 7.40 start. 7.50? 7.50 start. I mean, if you're, in, if you're in town, Dwayne, and not many people work, I know, these days in town, but if you're in town and you finish at 5.30, it's, uh, it's a good two hours before you wait, before you even shuffle in. Now, we had a couple of people ring in and say, well, it's very difficult to, to get to Marvel Stadium, if you like, if you've got to pick the kids up at 5 o'clock and get in. But, I mean, it, it's still... At a 5 o'clock pick-up, even a 5.30 pick-up, mm. you've still got an hour and a half to get here. No, I agree with you 100%. I think you will get your way. Or the, the, those that want a 7.20 or 7.30 will get their way. I mean, 7.40 at the absolute latest. <laughs> but Jared is actually one for two because I think Jared's calling for Thursday nights every week. How are you going with that one, Jared? I'm, I'm going to win that. Oh, you win that? Yeah. Well, In the next iteration of the draw that's going to be... Oh, not the no, last... I don't know whether I can get it this year. But oh, I'm, come on. No, it should be brought forward wow. next year. Let's not mug around. The last standard of matches will be released when? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. And that'll be a 7, 7 10 start on a Thursday? Uh, what, is or are you going to play that out to 7 7.50 on a Thursday? On a Thursday? Oh, it's been a few weeks since. <laughs> and when I were your Fridays be then? Will you get the Fridays moved that early this season? No. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not convinced we're going to win the Friday. No, oh, really? I, it's sensible, but yeah. if you're just going to default to <laughs> the crowds are it. fine and the ratings are fine, of course they're fine. Is there a reason <laughs> for my house? convenience. And yeah. I do think there is 750 makes the game go later than it needs to go. So you actually should think about the other end of it. Are you absolutely sure that your catchment is as big as it should mm. be for the climax of these matches? And that's where kids do come into it. And we start every other game at 7.20 or 7.25. Yep. Good editorial. I like it. Very so, nice. I so like it. Uh, your other one that you couldn't get up this year, and I'm just disappointed you couldn't get Adelaide on Melbourne time. You tried hard with that <laughs> one, didn't you? <laughs> I haven't given up on that. So I've got now three more years of gather round with the Premier. Right. Okay. Tell so me, that's Jared. A, that's a <laughs> Speaking of gather round, when Tasmania come in, who misses the first gather round? Yeah, I've got a solution. So no, I've got Go a solution. Tassie plays... A Wednesday night game and a Monday night game, maybe. So they play two games in the gather round week. And uh, we have them play two different teams. So the team that misses out plays in one of those two. Oh, so your gather round starts on a Wednesday and finishes on a Sunday. And then your next round starts with a Tassie game. Yeah. But Maybe, it's still but the it's flow of the school holidays. Yeah, so if you want to stick around for the next Tassie game, which is on no, the you're Monday. Try, you're trying to make everyone happy, Dwayne. Just... 
Tassie don't but play Tassie first game around. But Tassie it. with two. Newest one in. Don't. No, someone yeah. has to miss. No, you so can't have Tassie not yeah. Tasmania, yeah. I take it. Hey? Gather rounds in Tasmania. Yeah, that's right. Gather rounds in Tasmania and the local team plays two games. No, that's what I mean. That's what happened. Yeah. Up in Sydney, the Bulldogs missed out. I think it was at Newcastle. Newcastle. And you get punished because your fans don't go and they don't travel. Aren't they playing in Bali? Well, actually, it was really interesting. Not a game, but they might be. Half a dozen of them went to Bali, and uh, who was it that came out and savaged them? Um, former, one of the original coaches of the NRL, uh, State of Origin League, Gus, Gus, uh, okay. came out and went whack, whack, whack. And I was thinking to myself, what would, what, what would be the problem of young blokes who are absolutely dedicated mm. to you know, their surf going to Bali for five or six days. As long as you can get your flight back, Jared, there is a bit of difficulty sometimes getting on your flight back, isn't there, from Bali? There's the, there can be disruptions. There can be, Dwayne, but yeah. um, I think you'd take the risk. You'd be going to the Mentowies, though, if you well, had your break. Well, you'd be going somewhere up there. <laughs> Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite <laughs> Oil and your local retro-authorised service. <laughs> You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders, for Australian agriculture. And Repco Authorised Service. Teams are in. Carlton and the Brisbane Lions at Marvel tonight. Unchanged, the subs are Matthew Kennedy for the Blues and Jared Lyons for Brisbane. AFL Nation is for Elders when the ultimate grand final weekends by opening an Elders prepayment account. And for tyre power, get the power and tackle road safety. Josh Dunkley is about to join us. In fact, he's joining us right now ahead of the warm-ups. Josh, great to have you with us on AFL Nation. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Just give us a quick, what's your pre-game routine? Say, from when did you get here? I got here today about two and a half hours before the game. Right. So I like to get here pretty early uh, when the stadium's empty and, you know, soak it all in and really have a look at, you know, what's about to be a, a packed house. So really looking forward to it and... My routine's not really a routine, I would say. I just like to get in here and, and get it all done and obviously run out and, and get into the game. Do you like to be fizzed up by the time you run out or do you like to chill on your way toward it? Yeah, I mean, I start to probably just build across the, the whole time. So, you know, a gradual build is probably the, the thing that I look to do most weeks. Um, if I'm a bit flat, I'll try and get myself up a bit earlier too. So it varies week in, week out, but you can't really control that. Josh, uh, thanks for uh, giving us some time before the, the match. It's, uh, it's, it's really great to get an insight. Can you tell me about the experience of changing clubs? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a different change. Um, obviously, coming from the Doggies, who played here quite a bit, to be honest, at Marvel Stadium. So the experience has been awesome up at up in Queensland at Gabba and playing some home games up there and, you know, loving the crowd and, and the, the supporters up there. But coming back here to Melbourne, it's been nice to uh, obviously talk to a few of the boys about it because it's a bit different for some of them that haven't played here a lot. So trying to just uh, lean into the experience that I've had here uh, in Melbourne, but also, you know, enjoying the time with the boys too. And your first two games, uh, you must have been in some ways a little bit shell-shocked after the start against Port Adelaide where Brisbane probably couldn't have tried to play a worse game. Yeah, that was disappointing, that one. I mean, if you look back at it, we probably look back at it and think, you know, we weren't at our best, obviously, and um, like you just touched on, probably didn't play our best at all and probably it looked like we probably tried to play bad, to be honest. But mm. coming out of that game, I think we looked at a few things and building that chemistry across the preseason. Obviously, I was a, a new player in the side and we had a few uh, that first round, so continuing to try and build that chemistry over the... The last few weeks has been good, and I think we're starting to finally click now. So looking forward to the challenge tonight. So you've had two really big wins up at the Gabba against uh, genuine grand final contenders in Melbourne and Collingwood. And do you see tonight as a test of your credibility as a top four side, given that uh, you're coming to Melbourne where you need a big victory? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've, we've, we talked about it throughout the week. I mean, Carlton are obviously a great side and they've played some good footy this year and probably some, some footy that they haven't really liked as well. So it's a great challenge for us. As you touched on, we've beaten a couple of good opponents up north, but coming back to Melbourne now and playing in a big game on a Friday night is, is really important for us. So we're looking to get those four points. Dunks, what area of, of Carlton's midfield then do you really need to control in this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good test, Jono. The, their mids are obviously um, very powerful. You know, Paddy Cripps leads away in there with his, his first possession stuff. So we're going to have to try and beat him in, at the ball and uh, the win that contested ball battle because it's going to be really important for us to obviously try and negate their, their one wood and obviously get our stuff going forward too. Now, Dunks, is Charlie Cameron, was he upset during the week 
with what Will Ashcroft produced in terms of that goal oh. of the year. Surely they're going, we're going to see something special from Charlie because, for me, that was that was definitely goal of the year last week. Yeah, I'd be lying to say that he uh, he wasn't talking about it during the week, to be honest, <laughs> to Ashy. But, uh, no, nah, look out for Charlie tonight. I think he's had a really good week of training. And like you said, he's probably fuming that, uh, that Ashy's got the goal of the year probably over him at the moment. Senior players out tonight. Two important players for you as well in terms of Daniel Rich and and Dane Zorko, especially a Daniel Rich for me, Dunks. He's the one that really sets you up. What are you sort of working on in terms of replacing his his output throughout the game tonight? Yeah, I think Richie's been really important for us, and Zorks as well, um, to be honest. He's, uh, they're both you know, senior players that really control the tempo for us, and you know when the game's hot, they can take the heat out of it as well. So we've got a few guys that have coming in, uh, that are coming in tonight, sorry, that um, have obviously been playing some good VFL footy, and we back them in, Jono, to, to go around to go down back and really fill that void that uh, Richie's left, but also create that, you know, connection piece up forward for us as well. Josh, I've got a couple of contacts up in uh, Queensland, and uh, one tells me reliably that uh, whilst you may spend a little bit of time with our own Brad Johnson in the holiday, and you have banned him, <laughs> banned him no, from the use private. of a jet ski. <laughs> private dunks. Oh, geez, there's some stories. We've got some about Jono up there, I tell you. <laughs> I'm glad you're not. Please, please don't say them, Josh. No, nah, I won't talk about it, mate. I won't talk about it. Won't do that. Are you licensed, Jono? <laughs> I am licensed. Yes, that's okay. you wouldn't One think thing, so, though. <laughs> I am licensed. I, I might have the skills though, Dunks, to actually no. control them. No, there's a difference. Jeez, it was funny. Did he stop before he hit the pier or not? <laughs> nah, I'll let Jono tell you guys. Okay. But, uh he probably doesn't want the public humiliation on the, on there. That's for sure. His colour of red is an interesting colour of red right now. I've got to say. You got me, Dunks. Uh, you let got me, me. Let me get Jono out of it and. Uh, you, how good is Will Ashcroft, to be honest? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think he's one of the, the best young players I've ever seen in the game. Um, the way that he walked into the footy club, I think I've been on record saying this, is just a, you know, one of those guys that you just understand, they understand what's expected straight away. And for younger guys to come into the system these days and have that is just so important because I feel like you can build that connection and, you know, really work hard with the group straight away and, and get off on the right foot. So he was able to do that. And I think throughout the preseason, we saw what he's capable of and, the last few weeks as well, he's been building that momentum. So really looking forward to seeing him go out there tonight, but also the rest of the season as well. Who's your main not-to guy then if the big O gets his hand to it first? Uh, we probably share it around a little bit. I mean, um, Lockie's obviously been the number one man in there for quite some time. And, you know, I've come in and um, trying to throw some different things at the opposition. So there's a lot of guys that can go through our, through our midfield at the moment. And it's nice to be able to share that load because I think it keeps everyone fresh and um, you can really, you know, swap it around on the outside as well. We'll let you go. Join the warm-up. Thanks for your time, Josh. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Good luck for the night ahead. Josh Dunkley there, Brisbane Lions midfielder, on his way to join his teammates. We'll uh, have Brad Lloyd with us in a moment's time, the GM of footy at Carlton. Tomorrow's car is available today, a selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful, fuel-efficient diesel. All-wheel drive models are in stock, ready to drive away. Tech drive a Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. Is, is Dunkley the player that they they wanted, that they thought they were adding as these weeks go on and the chemistry builds? Oh, definitely. You look at the way that he uh, he produces great footy around the ball in an attacking nature, but it is the it's the little things that we all see now from Josh in his, his pressure on the opposition, his smothering ability, I think he's number one in the competition, and uh, and that probably sets him apart in terms of what Brisbane didn't have in their, in their midfield, was that type of player that would turn it over in other ways rather than just laying that strong tackle, which is also excellent at. So he's out of that. He supports defence better than any other midfielder that they've got, I think, in terms of his starting point first. And that allows Neil to get going, Ashcroft to play his normal way, McCluggage to play a role. And maybe it's pushed Berry out a little bit, and it's definitely pushed, obviously, Lions out of the team. But it's pushed, it's pushed Berry to a different role within, within the side that I think he's still adapting yeah. to. I just had the glasses on Ashcroft, and I actually saw him fumble for the first time. <laughs> and then I had another look, and it wasn't him. It was actually uh, it was actually Wilmot. So I'm yet to see him fumble. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on him. Yet to see Lockie Neal handball left hand too. Sorry, right hand. So we'll keep a focus on that again tonight. <laughs> Are you on the All Australian Committee? No, I'm not. no, okay. no, no. Why? Oh, just curious about. I mean, Ashcroft, where he'd be in the. I mean, the numbers are pretty good, Jared. You work with. Uh, the guys at Champion Data a bit, and so do you, Brad Johnson, and you have uh, Horny on your program yep. all the time. The numbers for Ashcroft in terms of clearance to score are pretty good, aren't they? I think he uh, had him at, was it number um, one? Yeah, or yeah, I think number one or number two for yeah. clearances, then end up in scores. Yeah, 
uh, which yeah. is pretty good. Oh, it's extraordinary. He's having a, a magnificent year. It's, uh, it's, it, it never uh, ceases to amaze us, just the level of talent that is coming through, the preparation and the development mm. of uh, the kids is, is fantastic. Uh, we'd like to see them kicking more on their left foot, Jono. I know that uh, that bugs you, but um, <laughs> we'll get there one day. All right, we're inside the Carlton camp now. Brad Lloyd is the GM of footy with the Blues. Brad, always good to have you on AFL Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So is this this block of weeks we've been talking about it, Carlton come to be tested, we'll find out across these six weeks. Are you feeling the same way? Yeah, look, you, you look ahead and there's some challenging games coming up, that's for sure. So, yeah, look, we've had some, uh, I guess, patchy form. We've had some, some good games and some ones we'd like to play a bit better. Adelaide was a, a rough one and, you know, played better in the contest against St Kilda, but we weren't too efficient, but then had a, a good game on the road last week. So, yeah, it'd be a uh, nice test tonight for, tonight for the club. I guess uh, we were all wondering why Fisher was omitted. Yeah, look, he's... Um, yeah, look, his his form just probably just hasn't been the level we want want it to be at. So, look, I spoke to him on the way in. He's, uh, he, you know, I don't think he's kicked the jaw off for a while. He said at uh, BFL level, he's mm. going to go back and try and find some touch. And um, yeah, we've had Motlop coming back in, so he's he's coming to the side and Fisher out. But yeah, he knows he needs to uh, just get a bit more form up, and so hope he can go back get his confidence back up. And yeah, he's a, he's a long term player for the club, quality player, so he'll be he'll be back. So who ends up as sub? Uh, Matty Kennedy's a sub, okay. so uh, yeah, we found uh, he's got some real power and he's yep. a nice uh, contested ball winner, so he'll uh, do a good job there. Would you like to name a squad of 23 and uh, be done with the sub? Definitely, because uh, yeah, you're uh, these sort of this situation. I think Vossi and some other coaches have talked about it. They're, uh, you know, they're omitted and sort of go yeah. around talking about why they're omitted, but they're actually playing. But so it's a it's a hard one. So where possible, we'll try and announce early who our sub is, just so there's not uh, mm. that confusion. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've raised it with the AFL. They feel I think there needs to be some rule changes to allow that to happen, so maybe a bit of paperwork, but we think that should happen down the track. Lloyd, in your, in your eyes, who sits in, the, in, your, in your top three players so far this season? Oh, top three? Look, I think mm. uh, Charlie Curno uh, for me, is a standout with uh, what he can do. You know, just a, a, yeah, he's a wonderful player, sort of when he was injured for that period of time. You forget how good he is, so he's going well. Um, Look, I think Chera is probably, yeah, whether he's underrated or not, I'm not sure, but he's, uh, he's been in really good touch, so he's going well. And we've had some players like a Nick Newman who's, uh, who's having a pretty good season so far. Um, so, yeah, look, they're the, uh, they're the main ones. Good to see, uh, uh, see Walshie back. I think he's back to his dynamic best, Sam Walsh. So, uh, yeah, look, we, look to, uh, yeah, we looked at the midfield last week, having Walsh and Doherty in that midfield. I don't think that full complement of midfields played together much at all. So, um, yeah, that was good to see. I think it's I think it's great that you've named a couple there, Lloyd. We're, we're having a chat and we obviously Charlie sits at number one, of course, but then to mention Newman and, and Chair, I think that adds real depth to what you, you're trying to achieve and, and the, the battle in the midfield tonight is, is critical and, and especially Chair are rolling through that. Yeah, certainly. Look, he's a uh, he's a class player, Chera, and just does the right thing. When we look from a trade point of view, we just thought uh, you just know what you're getting from him, and he's only young still and really improving. So he adds a fair bit, glides across the ground. So uh, yeah, we we think he's gonna. You know, I feel like he's a couple hundred game player for the club. Must be good having Saad Doherty and and Walsh running around now consistently the last few weeks. Yeah, look, it's hard to blame injuries, but uh, when you get to all Australian, you know, previous all Australians that come back in the side and with their their run and rebound, they just add so much. And uh, with the way we move the ball against St Kilda, we're good in the contest, but couldn't quite move the ball the way we'd like to. And you you bring two like that back in, it's uh, yeah, it, it adds so much. Last year, Sard uh, played on the good players, the the best smalls, and uh, negated them. And he, he attacked uh, brilliantly and was all Australian. He did the same until he was injured this year. So we take it on, uh, given that uh, that uh, example, that he gets to go on to Charlie Cameron. Oh, look, yeah, look, the uh, Nick Newman's been doing a few of those jobs yep. uh, so far this year as well. So you're right, Sadi, Sadi can do that and Newey. So they'll, they'll, they'll have their matchups tonight. But we, we feel they both can do that role. Was that the... Was that the biggest lift in Newman with confidence with what he, the way he played on rank, ranking and gather round? Uh, look, he's, uh, he's well regarded within the club, but yeah, certainly uh, to play to, you know, to play on some really good players is, uh, is pretty big for him. He's a good ball, ball user as well, so going the other way with his left foot, you, know, you can sort of uh, you can sort of pierce, pierce a kick. So um, yeah, look, he's, a, he's having a pretty good year, Nick. You would have been uh, pleased with the, the form of Kemp last week, who came in and uh, did a really good job. 
Yeah, look, he got drafted off the back of it. He had an ACL, so a bit of a slow start. Mm. Then he got back in the VFL, then did a syndesmosis injury. But uh, you know, I thought he showed some real power last last week, and he's he's quite confident. He, I think he jumped at the first ball the uh, coming into the, yep. the back line and took a nice uh, contested mark. So, uh, yeah, he showed a fair bit. So... Uh, a quality opposition tonight, so we'll uh, we'll see how he goes. But uh, yeah, he's got a fair bit of potential as that that third tall. And, and we're going to finish this without mentioning one word about Tom De Koning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for on Tommy, he, uh, he actually uh, got concussed last week, unfortunately. So in the VFL, so we'll uh, he'll, we'll miss him. Uh, we'll miss him this weekend. But uh, yeah, look, he's uh, now we see him as long-term player for the club. Obviously, uh, the. The, yeah, not, not in the side at the moment. The contract talk gets a fair run, but, uh, yeah, look, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's with us for a long time to come. And out of 10 or out of 100, if you like, as a percentage, help us out. How, how well are you going at the moment, do you think, given that you're never going to be 100, but how well are you going, do you think, at the moment? From a, uh, yeah, I thought you were back on, still on Tommy in regards <laughs> no, to getting the contract no, done. As, no. a, as a team, oh, look, um, oh, look, I think it's been... Uh, it hasn't all come together, so I'd probably yeah, out of out of a hundred, probably it's at seventy, I guess. Like we'd uh, we we want to we want to get some momentum going. Like last last week was outstanding, but uh, yeah, we sort of got uh, a really good challenge tonight. So um, yeah, we've played. Yeah, we've been we've moved the ball well at times against Geelong. We've been uh, good in the contest at times. We're poor against Adelaide, so we'd like to put it all together in a, in a quality game like tonight. So uh, yeah, we we're going okay. We want to go better, and hopefully we can. Uh, we can shift into gear tonight. Well, you opened up the door, Brad. What's the percentage with Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've sat on both sides of the negotiation. I was a player agent for yeah. seven years for Craig Kelly, and then I've been on this side of the table. So they're 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 a hard one to put a value on, young ruckman. They're, they're yeah. sort of a you know, potential and that sort of thing. So they're a, a hard one, and it's a, I guess a moving piece. So, uh, yeah. but now we value him, and so I guess that's up to. Our list manager Nick Austin and and, and, and Tommy's manager, so I'll, I'll leave it to them and I'll, 60 or I'll keep it on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's a ruckman, not a forward, then obviously. Oh look, yeah, he's a he's a he's a ruckman. He's a good good tap ruckman. Mm. So uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll see how we go there. But you'd have uh, to be yeah. seventy, Brad. Now come on, <laughs> seventy-five. Oh, he's, if he's telling us sixty is seventy-five, that's <laughs> we'll let you off the hook, Brad. Good man. Thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> good luck. Brad Lloyd, the GM of footy at Carlton. This is the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles Trade, providing specialist advice for tilers. You're listening to AFL Nation for elders, for Australian agriculture and Repco authorised service. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. We are half an hour away from the opening siren on Friday nights. Maybe a little bit of fast money. Uh, through the next five minutes, and then we'll set ourselves up with the rest of the round. Did, I, I'm a bit confused. I'll put my hand up and say I'm confused. Does anybody actually think Damien Hardwick's lost the Richmond players? That's not the real discussion, is it? I don't think so. I'm not even sure why it was raised. The only person I can work, can uh, remember even raising the issue was Caroline Wilson on Classified, who started off by saying nobody believes that he has lost the players. So uh, it was only given some oxygen because a, an unnamed journalist asked him. But my worry is that Damien Hardwick thinks that on the outside we're talking about these lost of players. That is not true. The question is whether if the era is over mm. and they go into a significant period of rebuild, should he be the coach for that role? That, that, and that's a real discussion as opposed to the, mm. the notion of losing any players. Do you really lose the players? No. I think it's someone in Damien Hardwick's position, I don't think, will, will ever lose the players. You'll, you'll always have players that, you know, aren't playing and that will, will be a little bit upset in the position they're in or others might be playing in front of them. And that's the discussions you have. But I, don't, I, I can't see and I don't understand why this is even being discussed at the moment. From Not a that Damien side Hardwick of it. The other side of it is very legitimate. Is, you know, if they, they've taken that, they've rolled the dice, saw if they were in premiership contention, they aren't. So what happens next? What's mm. the duration of this season and then what's the what long-term planning? And once you've been there 14 years, if you're going to go into a three-year rebuild, is that you? Um, I think that's a fascinating conversation, but not the... Like, I hate the idea that Damien Hardwick thinks we're all mm. suggesting he's lost the players. Like, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope he'd been briefed either post or certainly, sorry, pre or at least post that uh, that's not the case. The, the Collingwood-Sydney game, I can't remember whether we were talking about this on-air or off-air. This should be at the SCG. Oh, not, it's it's just a waste being at the MCG. It is, and it's, uh, I mean, you know, we talk about developing Sydney, and 
you know, to, to think that just putting one game up there is going to change the fortunes of uh, whether a kid plays football or not is, is ridiculous. But at the same time, it's the easiest way to glorify the game by getting 50-odd thousand people at the SCG just to allow people to know that this is a big sport in uh, a very big town. And it's an important game. And on the basis, on the back of a prelim final sellout, and I think it was round 23 sellout or round 22, to somehow, and we've, we spoke to Travis Holt about this, but to somehow put out a fixture in uh, the following year and not have Sydney at least playing one game there and probably two, one here at the MCG and one up there at the SCG, it beggars belief and uh, doesn't. I don't care what the computer spits out. You make sure that you program it to spit out that Collingwood are playing Sydney at the SCG. Is Michael Voss absolutely right to have Tom DeConey out of the team and then you get the bad luck of concussion? So he's going to end up being out of the team for quite a period of time, I yep. suspect. I don't have one issue whatsoever with this, and, and, and we've discussed this in the past as well, that players have to earn their right to be to put the colours on, on game day. And you have to be in form and you have to show consistent form. Now, you'll, you'll have moments where you might play a bad one. You start playing two, three in a row, you know as a player anyway that you're going to be under some sort of pressure to hold your spot in the team. So I'm I'm glad that he's making DeConning earn his spot or Fisher, you know, earn his spot. Fisher had 21 and, and had three shots of goal. gets out of the team because there's things that Michael Voss is trying to establish with his own individual game. I don't have one issue with it and it shouldn't control whether he become he contracted to Carlton or not in, in the future because I'm big on the fact that these young players these moments build the resilience that allow you to stay in this competition for 10 to 10 plus years, not be out of the system in, in four or five. How funny is it that Ken Hinckley's stocks are soaring at the moment? <laughs> yeah, Port have got an interesting little phase coming right now because Port Adelaide, once they start raising expectations, guess what? They've raised <laughs> the expectations. So to me, I would re-sign Ken Hinckley the moment he gets a, what is it, 15th win, that he's assured of playing finals it's a final spot locked in. Let's get the doubt out the way before finals come around. We're in there, boys. So I would do that. I would give him the extension. Now, it might only be one year, but I would take the doubt out. But um, the interesting part to me is, you know, there's a lot of people saying he needs to finish top four to keep his job and finish top two or make the grand final. I'm not with those. I'm just get, the, get him in the eight, re-sign him, stick him around, and I think uh, stability was probably going to be... Given how good some of the kids are going now, I reckon stability is the best thing for Port. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful, fuel-efficient diesel. All-wheel drive models are in stock, ready to drive away. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. The pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles, trade specialists.